Welcome to the FemiPod. These are conversations about females for everyone to listen to, learn from and engage with. Brought to you by your Femi founders, Esther Kewen and myself, Lydia Ogilvy. excited to introduce to you one of our amazing Femi coaches, Laura Nagel. Laura is not only an incredible coach, but is equally an incredible athlete. Laura has been running since she was a teenager, representing New Zealand, and spent six years running in the United States, taking part in the NCAA system. We're so lucky to have Laura on our team as her drive to inspire more women to run is infectious. Welcome to the pod, Laura. Hello, thanks for having me. Um, thanks for the intro, <laughs> too. How are you and have you been out training today, Laura? Yes, I did a wee bit of a run today, um, kind of coming off of four weeks of racing, which is always a bit of a shock to the body. So, yeah, just trying to make sure I recover properly and can keep it going for the next few weeks. Yeah, amazing. I would love to hear a little bit more about your recent successes. You've been racing a lot, which has been awesome to see. Being over here in Australia and watching all the races online, it's been so great seeing you and all the girls crashing at all those races. You had a bit of time out before you came back to running. How long was that time out and what really inspired you to come back to the running? And like, you're obviously racing so well now. What is it like being in a position where you're running so well looking back at the journey you've been on? Yeah, um, I think I took about 18 months to two years out. I always like kind of flip flop between those two (laughs) just because of, I don't know, I've just felt like a long time. Um, But I guess what kind of inspired me to get back was I never... I never wanted to take the time out. It was obviously forced with injury, but um, in hindsight, it actually has probably helped me quite a lot in many ways. Um, so it's, yeah, really good to be back. And then I've kind of shocked myself a wee bit the last few weeks with running miles and 1500s. It's definitely, I feel like a bit of a phony. <laughs> um, it's definitely not my strong suit or hasn't been in the past anyway. I'm more of a 5k kind of 10k runner. Um, so yeah, it's been pretty cool and really good to have some good fields and just kind of really have some fun with it. Um, I think I probably lost the fun side of it a wee bit along the way and got too serious um, many times. So yeah, it's just really good to sort of have that experience or, you know, we kind of joke about recently or me and Esther have about being old ladies, but I like to just think (laughs) that that's just being experienced and just just knowing. Yeah, just (laughs) Um, and just, yeah kind of taking it step by step, remembering all the things that I've learned and how to best manage myself and everything around me really. Well, yeah, you definitely are a speedy demon. Uh, Just telling you right now what Laura ran in that mile, she ran a 4.35, which is uh, equivalent to sub four minute mile for a woman, which is pretty amazing. So you're definitely, I think, coming into form on the shorter stuff. Maybe you're a lot speedier than you think. Uh, but yeah, tell us a little bit more about how you got into running as a junior and how your junior years progressed. Yeah, um, my I guess initially I used to tell people it was just because I broke a record at a school 3K in my year nine years. This is a long time ago. <laughs> um, but kind of I guess what led to that was in between intermediate and high school, I thought I was getting fat. I don't know why I thought that at the age of 12. Um, But I lived on an orchard, um, so a great little country sort of lifestyle, but I thought I would run around the orchard in between those two years, just one lap every day, um, 
yeah that was it <laughs> i don't know why i thought that was the only solution um and yeah kind of obviously that was training um it was probably maybe like a five six seven minute loop i think just from memory um and then came into high school i was always the sort of person like wanted to get house points you know um <laughs> very competitive um played other sports too and yeah broke that record by a minute i didn't really know until the next day and then i had the sports coordinator at the time come up to me and ask if i wanted to come along and run with um his group which happened to have an 800 meter runner who she went on to the states as well uh she was running like 208s at I don't know, maybe she was second to last year of high school. So it was just kind of fun to get into it that way. So that was how I got into it. <laughs> and then just by default, coming along to training and actually just training, obviously that built a bit of momentum and started to have a wee bit of success and then got hooked that way. Yeah. That's crazy to think that it was you thinking that you were getting fat um, that forced you into running. Where do you think that like pressure to look a certain way came from at such a young age? I don't know, my memory isn't all that flash. <laughs> so to think back to then, I'm not entirely sure, but obviously I think around then, you know, you're at you're at intermediate, you see all these other girls and like, I don't know, probably like the body image things. I used to want to buy the, you know, the magazines and the bits and pieces like that. Like, yeah, I would say probably just body image things that were portrayed at the time. Um, and I wasn't fat. <laughs> like I look back at it, I'm like, what were you thinking? But yeah, I guess it's just what my brain told me. Yeah, breaks my heart. So many girls are in the same position and I definitely was in the same position where I continually worried about what I looked like at such, such a young age. And to think I spent so much energy wasted on, you know, worrying about what I looked like when I could have put that energy somewhere else. But you, hopefully you live and you learn. <laughs> so you, did you start getting coached when you were a teenager, right? So what was your coaching like back then? And do you think the experience of growing up with a coach as a teenage runner, has that helped you or hindered you as a senior runner today? Did your coach teach you much when you were younger? Yeah, I mean, I think I had an amazing coach. Um, he, like, he basically just kind of got me on to just so that the other girl that was running had a training partner and obviously I could kind of keep up. So I only went to training like twice a week for at least a year. And then it was like, oh, I kind of want to come more. <laughs> so very, it was a very gradual transition into like actually training and competing properly. Um, and then me being quite a type A sort of person started training more and more and probably to the point where I was doing too much and not eating enough and back then we didn't really like we always just assumed that you lost your period because you were you were fit um that's how i knew no one talked about it then that's how i think a lot of coaches thought um but over the years and more definitely more recently that's become a big topic of conversation which i'm so glad because i lost mine for two years because i was like i said doing too much and or, and or not eating enough to kind of counteract the energy lost um, from exercise, really. Wow. And did your coach uh, ever ask you back then if you had your cycle or was it just not really a topic of conversation? Yes, no, I think he might have, but it was more around the fact, I think when I was in seventh form, I got down to like 47 kgs or something and he was like, do not lose any more weight. I was like, oh, but I'm fast. <laughs> So I like, but I was also weighing myself every day. Like, why was I doing that? That was silly. 
yeah I, like he was aware of those sort of things but probably not to the extent of really what it meant um and i kind of had my first sort of shock to that was when i went into providence college and we had our like what do you call them the medical things where you go around to the doctor you go see this person and you basically give them your life story so that they've got a bit of base information i remember the doctor saying to me oh, you haven't had your period for two years you need you needed it back and i was almost offended i was like no i'm just fit i don't need it back <laughs> so i just i just had no idea um the education wasn't there which is kind of sad but i think for me i did get mine back luckily through taking the pill and everything but i think because i got my period when i was 11 i also had a about four or five year base period of having my period so i wasn't as drastically affected as others but i did get a stress fracture my first year at providence probably because i didn't have my period for two years so i didn't know that at the time i didn't really think too much of it but like i said before as the research has come out now i'm like ah all makes sense <laughs> Yeah. It's crazy. So many women, I think our age went through what you went through and we thought it was a sign of fitness. And now we just know like it's any, you know, it's the opposite really. It's a sign that you're not feeling correctly and looking after your body. So yeah, I'm really glad that it hasn't affected you long-term. I think um, that would be the worst thing out of that. So that's awesome. But obviously you had huge success in America with your running and you were just touching on it a little bit. And that was really cool that uh, you had doctors there who sort of told you how important it was to keep your period uh, but apart from that and at Providence College what was the running and the team culture like where you were yeah I mean it was it was really good um we had I was probably quite lucky I did a lot of research before I went over um and I talked a lot of Kiwis had been to that school um so the first person I basically messaged was Kim Smith naturally <laughs> she's an absolute beast um and she, her response was I'm biased with Providence you should go there <laughs> um and that was kind of basically from that conversation that's all I really had in my head I kind of looked at other couple of other schools but I I just feel like my heart was more in that direction um, and there were a lot of international students on the team like we had a lot of English um, Irish and already Kiwis and stuff there so I think because of that it felt like a home away from home because you had a whole bunch of international students that were in the same boat where they were living away from home just you know doing what they love running we didn't necessarily go over there for the education but like you know running was our main priority um but to get an education paid for and everything out of that was epic too so yeah the team culture was awesome and like we were really fortunate enough to win uh NCAA cross country in 2013 and yeah it took it took a while for that to sink in I think now it almost means more to me than I realized back then, just because of how hard it is to get every single person on that team, or at least the top five anyway, um, to be at their best or near best and better than everyone else on one day. <laughs> and that's women too. So like, you know, you're all, you're, you're all over the place. <laughs> so yeah, that was, it was such a cool experience and Providence has a really special place in my heart because of that. Um, Esther, you've probably heard me talk about Providence maybe once a week, yeah. <laughs> even at training. So yeah, it's just love hearing it. Yeah, it's just something that I guess has been really special to me. And yeah, what was the coaching like, Laura? Did you have a male or a female coach, and did they ever talk to you about your menstrual cycle? Yes. Uh, yep. So Ray Tracy, he was my coach. Um, he's Irish. He 
yeah, he did mention it a couple of times, probably not as directly, but I'm the sort of person, I guess I will, I will just blurt it out. <laughs> like I'm not scared of doing that. Um, but yeah, we didn't really, I suppose we didn't really like tailor things to that. But if I was like, oh yeah, I've got my period today. I feel like crap. We'd be like, ah, oh, okay, right, cool. <laughs> That's why kind of thing. So there was always an explainer, but yeah, there's definitely, I think there's definitely a lot more space to talk about those things. And I think it's both the athlete and coach kind of responsibility. And I know that can be hard, especially if, you know, you're going to a new coach, you don't really know how they'll respond to it. And especially like, I'm just thinking about younger freshmen and all those people coming in. It's like, hi, I don't really know you, but I'm going to talk to you about my period. <laughs> like it's kind of hard, but yeah. I'd love to talk a little bit more about the NCAA system and that I know like there's so many benefits of going to America for a Kiwi or an Australian young runner who wants to build their running arm. What would you say, I guess, were the more challenging things that you faced when you were at Providence? Yeah, um, probably, oh, probably sometimes, I, I mean, I tend to overcommit myself to a lot of things. So that was probably the hardest part. I wanted to do everything. Um, and I also had a lot of friends off the team too. So for me, probably what was challenging was really balancing that student athlete life and just life in general um you know i did like to party a wee bit <laughs> um and that probably now i look back i mean i i don't regret anything that i did but i think um there were definitely times where i could have toned it down a bit <laughs> do you think um, because there's so much pressure on the athletes and the ncaa system it can be to some more destructive and more beneficial for people um, who are entering that system yeah, I think it yeah, it depends on the person. I thought also think depends where you're at mentally. Like I think people who maybe haven't had that freedom before, it can be quite hard because you just get thrown into a completely new environment. You want to soak it up, do everything possible, but you also want to run fast. You kind of have to, you know, give or take a little bit of <laughs> like some stuff. I wasn't I was awful at recovery and resting. I didn't like to rest. I thought Oh, I think I used to say something like, oh, I can, I can sleep when I'm dead. Like, <laughs> like not a great thing to do when you're a runner. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, just trying to balance that kind of stuff was really challenging for me at times, you know, fear of missing out, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Did you ever feel pressure from coaches or teammates to lose weight or look a certain way or be a certain way? Um, oh, it was, I wouldn't say from teammates or coaches, if anything was probably more myself. And then also like, yeah, I put on weight. I put on the freshman 15 or whatever they call it. Um, and that for me was probably too much and that didn't help me. Um, I definitely had kind of conversations about that kind of stuff just because, well, I just knew it wasn't helping me. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. It, yeah, it's a tricky one because there's a fine balance between it at a certain level too. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's from a coach's perspective, it's how they put it across, right? Like if they came to you and made you feel embarrassed and did it in a bad way, like we talk about, you know, rowers or something that have to make a certain weight. If there's a coach that's getting a professional nutritionist to help you do that in a safe way whilst keeping your period, that's how you do it. You don't go up to someone and tell them that they're too big or that that's slowing them down. Um, 
100 percent. like i think that was honestly that has been that was my biggest issue that was my biggest issue i think back then i used to (laughs) this was crazy my freshman year i used to go in i'd have breakfast massive breakfast because we had training at like two i wouldn't eat any lunch and then i'd just have dinner at five so i had two meals (laughs) like what am i doing um now obviously because i am experienced and old (laughs) Uh, for me just the changing up of like the timing of when i was eating and making sure i was eating the right amount of protein carbs etc that has just been a massive game changer i'm not constantly thinking about when i'm going to eat next and what i'm going to eat i'm just like oh i'm hungry like i know i need to eat this this and this and i probably like you know people talked about what you should eat back then but i just i was just so young and young and dumb (laughs) and i just didn't actually put it into practice so yeah i think it was it's definitely um like you said Esther, kind of how you go about it um and yeah just finding a way that is going to resonate with that person to know that here's actually how you can fuel your body to be a machine (laughs) rather than you need to drop you know 10 pounds whatever it may be yeah definitely uh you touched a little bit before about how you had some time off running with your uh, knee injury and we know that injuries suck so much uh how did you overcome like the mental challenges while you were injured because I know that you struggled to find out what it was for a while there and you love running so it's hard when you have to put that on hold how did you overcome that um yeah it was it was really hard I think because I was living with you for a wee while so you saw a wee bit of it (laughs) um we yeah I I mean for the longest time I was like why is my knee sore? It's swollen. There's got to be a reason. Someone tell me. It just took quite some time for that to happen. Um, And eventually I was told that maybe I wouldn't run again and I probably had arthritis. And I was like, no, my symptoms don't match. Please, someone has to help me. So I kind of, I didn't necessarily give up, but I felt like I was kind of giving up. And I was like, well, I'm going to have to do something. So I ended up just going to like Les Mills classes and stuff. And that was enough to like mentally keep me sane um, and just keep, doing what I love doing um, to a certain extent. And then I'd run once every three weeks because if I did it more than that, it would be, I'd be in a lot of pain. Um, and then I just, I guess I just kept talking to people and eventually found someone who was able to get me running 30, 40 minutes and then kind of got a second opinion. Um, and although I guess in my head, I was like, the doctors don't know what they're talking about. Like this doesn't make any sense until someone can explain to me something that actually makes sense. I'm going to keep trying different methods. No, it could, you know, as crazy as they may be. <laughs> I remember going, well, I went to an osteopath, which was one of the things that helped. And I don't even, I honestly could not tell you what they did, but it worked. And it, it, it almost seemed kind of voodoo weird to me, but I was like, look, it worked. So just keep keep going <laughs> kind of process of elimination just don't give up <laughs> try anything at that point yep it's funny like you said the doctor said that you would never run again I have had so many people that I know that have been told that by doctors and then they run again and I just think it's a responsibility for them to not say that to someone I, yeah so many doctors seem to say that and it's actually quite a big thing to say to someone who really loves that sport so I'm glad that you're back running <laughs> and you proved them wrong you need yeah. to take your two national champ gold medals to that doctor and wave them in his or her face. <laughs> I would love to. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Uh, we want to chat more about your mentality. You're obviously so mentally strong and in every race you seem to be able to just bring it. Where do you think that mentality comes from and how, how does it help you to perform so well every time you line up on the start line? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think a lot of it comes from how I was sort of brought up. Um, I probably actually haven't talked about this much at all. <laughs> um, my my parents have always kind of grown up, well, I've always grown up on an orchard or a farm of, of some sort. My dad was on a farm prior to having us. Um, and I think, yeah, he's very typical New Zealand male <laughs> kind of thing. So I think a lot of that has sort of rubbed off on me um, and just like, yeah, when I was younger, I used to always want to beat the boys. I used to, I remember at primary school, I was in a school of maybe a hundred kids and I wanted to play soccer and they didn't have enough for a girls team. So the two of us, two or three of us girls that wanted to play, we got an exemption to play in the boys team. And one of my like fond memories was scoring a goal. And I was like, yes. <laughs> so it's just, I guess, yeah, from a young age, I've always just wanted, I've always been quite competitive and I've sort of stuck had that in there but as I've gotten older yes I'm still competitive but I have a sort of different mindset to it like it's more a personal wanting to get the best out of myself and not just necessarily winning 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 it's like I want to finish this race saying yes I've done everything I could to put myself into this position or better kind of thing you're so resilient and so competitive I'd say those are the two words that come to mind when I think of you and I think both of those help uh, athletes succeed so much and it's so awesome to see you, you just like laying it all out there and just believing in yourself and Esther and I have spoken a lot about it especially on the podcast last week we talked about facing our fears and I think yeah when you have that you know no fear attitude or just prepared to face that fear and put everything on the line you just have no idea how far your body and your mind can go so it's awesome to see. Yeah I think it's also really I know I always try to think back I was like I've done the training so go and use it. <laughs> so it's kind of just like a, you know, what am I putting all these, all this effort into if you're not going to put it all out there in the end? Like, yes, sometimes it may take three, four, five races to come around to where you really want to be. But I think you've got to take something from each one and set mini goals that aren't just based on a specific place. It could be like a certain move you might make that will or will not pay off. Um, yeah. Do you do any mindset work yourself? Is there anything that you do to help yourself when you turn up to those races? Uh, not not like on purpose. I think I kind of do stuff without realizing that I do it. I've actually thought about this a wee bit recently um, just because I, well, when I was actually at Providence my last year, we did a bit of a, a meditation sort of uh, semester, which was really interesting to do. And at first I was like, I can't sit here for 10 minutes. Like, I think my mum always used to say, I've got ants in my pants. I don't sit still. <laughs> so it was interesting forcing myself to do that. And I think, although I don't do it every day at all, like I wish I did. Um, I think, I think running in itself does that for me when I'm out training, more so when I'm by myself, because I'm, I've literally got a whole hour to myself. Sometimes I'm thinking running stuff. Sometimes I'm thinking about what I'm going to do next. Sometimes I'm like, oh, just relax, focus on your breath. I'm like, wait, I just meditated. <laughs> so I think those kind of things help. And I think recently, just because I had felt, just because I hadn't raced in a while, I felt quite nervous before races and I didn't used to get nervous at all for maybe four or five years. 
I think just breathing has been quite a big one for me um, and just kind of reminding myself of what I've just done and what I've done in the last few weeks or months, you know. Um, yeah, it's kind of like just little reminders, I suppose, in my mm. head. <laughs> I definitely think that just yeah, running in itself is something that you can use to help your mindset because you are spending that time, whether it is 15 minutes a day or half an hour or an hour or two or three hours, you know, it's that time that you set aside. And if you aren't listening to a podcast or you aren't listening to music, you really allow your brain to cleanse and refresh and have thoughts that I get thoughts that I would never have if I was just sitting at home watching TV or whatever I was doing. Uh, so it's pretty powerful what even just the act of running in itself can do for people's mental health. Yeah, definitely. And I think sometimes when I'm running, I also like, for weeks on end, which is kind of annoying, I will like envision, envisage a race and I'm like, can I stop thinking about this race already? But I guess it's helping me. <laughs> Your heart rate goes. is amazing. <laughs> Whenever I visualize races, my heart rate gets really high and I'm like, holy crap, it's like I'm running. Yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> it's so crazy. Yeah. Pretty effective. So we touched a little bit before on like menstrual cycles and periods and everything, but do you find like, obviously, you know a lot more about them now with working with your athletes at Femi and then obviously through your own knowledge as you've grown up. Uh, do you find that your menstrual cycle affects your performance much or are you not too affected by it? Um, see, I've had both. <laughs> um, I, I don't think it's too affected by it, but I did have one race at, actually at North Island Cross Country where I think it was, it came like the day after and I was like, why do I have no energy? This is crazy. I've never had this before. So that's the one time I can think that maybe that was attributed to my cycle. Um, every other time, probably not so much. I do feel shit from time to time for sure. Like, and I, and I think when I look at my cycle and where it's at and when I feel shit, it makes sense. But I think I haven't necessarily changed it too much to adjust to that. I think what's more changed for me is the mindset around I it's okay to feel crap. Like you're going to. <laughs> if anything, it would probably be not normal if you felt if you didn't feel crap some of the time, if that would basically tell me that I wasn't training hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> really. So, um yeah, it's it's an interesting one because everyone is different. Um, I think that's a really key thing to remember. Some people are much more affected than others. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like the 30-30-30 rule, which um, we've spoken about before as well. You know, 30 of the time you're going to feel good, 30 of the time meh, okay, and 30 of the time you're going to feel bad, and that's totally normal and totally okay. But you did mention that you lost your menstrual cycle when you were a lot younger for, was it two to two and a half years? Yeah, about two years, yeah. Yeah, so... I guess it was that doctor in the States that really made you aware of that there is a problem with losing your menstrual cycle. How did you overcome losing your cycle and what were the steps you took to be able to get your cycle back? Yeah, so I was basically after that session that we did and was told that um, I was given a prescription for the pill. So I went and got that, started taking it and everything was fine. The only issue for me was I then my sophomore year I was probably drinking a wee bit too much and I just found it was so hard to get rid of that weight that I'd put on from doing that <laughs> essentially to my body um, and then I went off the pill and I got my period naturally straight away and then I was able to lose that weight that I gained and I got really fit um, we ended up 
coming second at nationals after that summer that I did that and like had a really good season and then that kind of propelled into the next season which was my senior year so I was I mean I was lucky not everyone gets it back naturally straight away and that fast um but that was kind of my process from getting it back um by then I was obviously eating better I wasn't just having two meals a day Mm -hmm. (laughs) um yeah yeah, this is, I'm not a medical expert, so I'm just putting that out there. This is my own opinion. I would say you actually eating more and drinking and relaxing prob- is probably what you brought your cycle back, not the pill. Yep. Um, what I think <laughs> happens a lot in a lot of instances is that young girls do lose their cycle and they get put on the pill. But we need to understand that getting your period, well, having a bleed on the pill is not your actual period, um, which I think a lot of people do think that that is what is happening, that your period is coming back, but that's not actually the case until you get that natural cycle off the pill. So I would say the drinking probably did you wonders (laughs) and eating more (laughs) did you wonders as well, probably saved you from maybe more stress fractures and um, potentially more issues with your body. So I think that's a positive. (laughs) (laughs) One positive of drinking. (laughs) obviously yeah we talked a bit about obviously how well you've been running at the moment do you feel more pressure now that you are running so well or how do you deal with pressure when you've um I guess been having success and more and more people think you know Laura's gonna win or they might say that to you and and then you're like oh crap like am I or how do you deal with that yeah it's it's an interesting one I the most pressure and you probably heard this before I put on myself basically um I have a lot of PBs from 2014 so I'm like come on it's 2022 it's been eight years (laughs) so I was pretty stoked with my mile in 1500 I think for me now though I want to get those longer distance ones um and that pressure is mainly coming from myself um well 100% is coming from myself I don't you know no one's yelling at me to say why haven't you done it it's just literally my brain um but yeah there i mean you every now and then you read social media or bits and pieces and people do like the previews and you're like oh man now because i have won a couple people like oh yep that's the favorite and it's like yeah but it's like i said it's you feel as much pressure as you put on yourself if you don't care about those things and that's fine um you probably won't feel it it's literally gonna come down from yourself it's like this invisible thing. <laughs> it's really hard to describe, but yeah, I think I try to go into it more just being like, no, you do you and see what happens. Yeah. And I think you can use that pressure and expectation that you might hear or read in articles or previews and think of it as more as people are excited to see your race, which should be a huge compliment. <laughs> yeah. And I think I actually, I think I saw Emma Coburn say something recently. It was like, pressure is a privilege. And I quite like that. It's like, well, you earned it in a way (laughs) just from your previous performances. So I guess look at it that way too. That's so true. And you're obviously a FME coach and you coach for us. And we're so lucky to have you on our team. What have you learned since becoming a coach with us at FME? Oh, I've I've learned quite a lot. Um, I think... I think what's really nice is, I, I don't know who I was talking to the other day. It might've been you, Esther, actually. I don't think I could ever coach myself, but I love coaching people. <laughs> <laughs> like I feel like, yeah, it's, it's just a really interesting learning curve just with every single person. It's kind of like a lot of stuff gets reiterated that you see kind of put into play. Um, so like a lot of stuff I've read or a lot of stuff that 
um, I believe in or kind of like my philosophies with training, it's almost reinforced through every athlete that I coach, which is really cool to see. And it's like, okay, I, yeah, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, so that's been really cool. And also just probably just being more in tune with cycles and knowing kind of what's going on um, and I think it's definitely helped my own running just knowing like okay well if I'm in this phase this is probably going to happen or it's okay if this workout doesn't quite go well because this is why and I think that has probably helped me become a much better runner just knowing that and not you know if a workout's gone crap I'm like oh my god I'm so unfit I'm like no you're not <laughs> it's just you you're just you <laughs> so yeah it's true. Like sometimes having that validation because you go one week and you hit this epic workout and then it's six days later and you do a workout where you're like, what the hell happened? I'm so, I've lost everything, you know, but then when you actually can rationalize it, it is quite nice. Uh, so that's super cool. Yeah. Uh, I also think what's really cool is like, obviously I've been running for however many years, a lot of some of the girls and stuff that I'm coaching, they haven't been running for that long. So they're, energy and enjoyment and it all is just really like it makes me excited because I'm like oh my god I can finally help someone that has this enthusiasm that I've had for quite some time and it all just rubs off so it's yeah it's pretty fun <laughs> yeah that. I think our athletes really don't um, realize how much they help us as well like the yeah there's so much joy that I get from working with our girls and every single one of my athletes inspires me so much, you know, with every race and every training session that they do, it makes me want to like go out and do better um, and be a better person myself. So yeah. Thank you. Shout out to all our female girls. Yeah. Definitely <laughs> shout out. As coaches and as athletes as well. Uh, we're going to flip the switch a little bit here. So with young women dropping out of sport so often and, and or far too often compared to like younger boys, uh, and obviously this is something you're quite passionate about. What are ways that you believe we can make change for young women? So keeping them in sport for longer. And what do you think is missing kind of, I guess, because for me and for a lot of women, we kind of dropped out at that like 18, 19. And then it was that transition from a junior to a senior. So what do you think is like missing? And why do you think young women are dropping out of sport? And what can we do to change it? Yeah, um, I think particularly with running, I would say it's it's sort of the environment you're in and the coaching and stuff that you have with you. So for me, what I've seen a lot is people start to lose that fun aspect and other things become priority because of that. They'd rather go have fun doing something else, so like I don't know, kayaking down a river or you know, just doing all those other things. And so like if we if we're not creating a really cool environment and for me obviously I'm just passionate about the team side of things because with running it is a very individual sport but there's no reason why it can't be team-based where everyone's helping each other along because once you're in that you don't want to leave that um once you've got a really good group of people it's like you just want to keep it building and building and building so I think where a lot of um girls drop out is probably more around that team aspect and what also just being able to see a pathway um i think that's really hard if you can't see i don't know you if you can't see that there's more than one or two girls competing at the olympics not to say everyone's aiming for olympics but you know if there's only one person or no woman from your country competing in the olympics then like what does that say to you with where that's going in the future that's 
pretty crap. <laughs> yeah, and I think like I look at a lot of young girls nowadays and to an extent, even when we were still at school, I feel like there's this level of um, girls who are just trying to be elite runners at a really young age and they're training way too hard for their age. They're running way too many Ks for their age. They're just taking it all a bit too seriously. And when they realize how tough it is to make it as an elite runner, I see those girls dropping out of sport. And I try to think about, you know, when when I was at school, the top 20 girls who were coming, top 20, say, cross-country nationals, who are those girls and where are they now? Why are they not still running? I think there was probably just so much of a competitive element to it. How can we make it more fun and more enjoyable for girls to want to continue to do it and not just take it so seriously? I think I really love your story that when you were picked up by a coach as a teenager, you were only running twice a week. And I was similar when I was at school. I think we were only training three times a week and it was very social and it was very fun. Um, but there are girls and we can even use Esther, sorry, Esther, but use Esther as an example where they do get pushed too hard at such a young age. How do you think we can just encourage girls to just take part in the sport to enjoy it, um, still like have the competitive side to it, but, but enjoy it so that they actually want to continue to do it in the future? Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, Everything you've just said is great. Um, yeah, taking things too seriously, even at the elite level, like you see Molly Seidel, she's just loving it. Like, <laughs> and she, I, yeah, there's a few things out there around her. You know, some people saying she's not, you know, she's having too much fun. I'm like, what? I mean, she just won an Olympic medal. How can you? That's say the biggest that? load of crock <laughs> That's probably why she's doing so well because yeah, she's like, having fun. Yeah, and I think as soon as you as soon as you lose that fun aspect, it becomes even harder. I think that's why I've come back and why I am still in it at 30. Um, I think that's probably why we all are. It's just we actually enjoy it with those groups of people that we really value. Um, so I think keeping it fun is so important, no matter how old you are. I don't care what anyone says. It has to be fun. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And like... I think I look at us now, you know, we're in our 30s and we're running faster than we ever have. I look back to these girls who are 16 and trying to run these crazy times and just let those girls know you have so much time. You don't need to be running the fastest you could possibly ever run at such a young age. I think it's really important for young girls to understand that. And if they take the right steps and do the right things at the age they're at now, they're actually going to be running more sustainably and probably running faster in the future if they do the right things at that age. I think if they push their bodies too hard too early, they have the potential to put their body on the line and potentially not be able to run in the future. So if you are in your teenage years and you are competing and you want to be a competitive runner, when you grow up or when you get a little older into your 20s and into your 30s, just know like you have so much time. So just be patient. I wish I could have told myself that when I was younger. Um, and yeah, I, I hope that we are setting an example that, you know, there's no age is just a number. <laughs> uh, you can still run really fast as you get older. And yeah, I hope that all three of us will be crushing all of our PVs in the years to come and um, kind of prove that idea of um you know you can only run fast when you're young wrong yeah you have a lot of time i mean there's so many examples recently um of you know women at the age of 35 to 67 38 who've taken three or four years out in their 20s and now they're back like faster than ever especially some of those american girls so i think that's a really cool example of you know you're not too old <laughs> and you can just yeah just enjoy it really
definitely and you uh liz i just like to point out that laura and i are both 29 still so sorry girl. Not quite, uh, in our 30s yet i've got <laughs> celebrating but my 30th so. i've got two days two yeah. days oh, here we go laura wow this oh, is exciting maybe we it. should have recorded this part in two more days yeah. <laughs> i'd be the youngest by far um, <laughs> no i'm kidding <laughs> i'm kidding um and you touched on how important like a group is and i think obviously we say that fun is like the most important thing, but that's why it's also so important for coaches to know that they have a huge responsibility with young girls to keep it fun. Like if they're putting all that pressure on a young girl and I guess making her put all that pressure on herself or adding to it, it's going to be harder to have fun. So if you're a coach and you have young girls, keep it fun and keep the group environment welcoming and celebrate all the people in the group. Don't just celebrate the fastest people. Uh, and I think that's pretty much what we've got at North Harbour Bay's Babes at the moment, which is like the coolest group. Uh, I don't want to be mean if anyone else has a group, but it's the <laughs> coolest group <laughs> in New Zealand for running. Uh, what do you What do you hope to see out of this group? And uh, what do you think it's going to do for women's distance running in the future? Oh, I want to see everything for this group, you know. <laughs> I'm just biased, though, but no. I, I would love to just continue to grow it and just – just making everyone, I guess, be able to achieve what they want to achieve with everyone helping each other. I think we've already seen that so far. I honestly probably wouldn't be running if it wasn't for this group and I would not be running as fast as I am right now if it wasn't for this group. It just makes things so much easier. I don't think, you know, back before I was injured, when I first moved home, I was in Hawke's Bay training by myself. There were many runs that I skipped. There were many runs where I was like, oh, I don't want to do this right now. This really sucks. I'd like message every single person I knew that ran in Hawke's Bay to be like, anyone want to run with me? Just so that I could <laughs> go out and I had like someone holding me accountable. It was so hard. But I honestly have not had one of those days in months. And it's so refreshing. And like, I just really enjoy it. Um, so, yeah, I think that's been really cool. And so for the group, I guess, yeah, just keep growing and keep kind of spreading that message. I'd love it if even more groups popped up around New Zealand. That would be really cool. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously I'm biased with our ones. So. <laughs> yeah, so many amazing training groups popping up all around the world now. And it's so great to be able to use social media to be able to be inspired by those running groups. And, you know, the likes of like 10 Men Elite and some of the – female training groups over in the States. I think like North Harbour Bay's base has the potential to be out there, um, you know, with the messages that they're sending as well and inspiring girls to chase their dreams to run. So what you girls is, are doing is incredible. And I just, it's one of the things that's drawing me back to New Zealand. I want to be there and I want to be training with you, but we might have to bring the base base over to Australia at some point. Oh, I'm sure they wouldn't be opposed to that. Do yeah. <laughs> a camp. Yeah. Well, create another camp. You can come back for Lydia. Easy. I would love that. <laughs> so last question before we get into our quick fire questions. What are your goals for the next year with running, Laura? Um, I just want to run as fast as I can. See, just really push myself and see what happens. I'm going to try, maybe, attempt doing a 1500 5K at Graham Douglas in two weeks, which is a bit mental, seeing as they're only an hour apart. <laughs> That might go absolutely horribly, but you know what? Why not? <laughs> it still doesn't add up to a 10K, so I think you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not after knowing what the lactic feels like at the end of those, but no, we'll see. I th Yeah, I just really want to get 
some good, really, really good races in. Obviously, I've had a few recently. I just want to keep that rolling. I haven't taken a break since I had my surgery and tried to come back. So I will definitely want to be taking that break after track season and then just get in a really good base to try and hit some. I mean, I've got big goals. I want to make Paris, whether it happens or not, who knows, but I want to, so I'm going to try. <laughs> Love that. Yep. We believe in you, Laura. You can absolutely do this. Thanks, sister. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully I can tag along and or at least get faster. Oh, definitely. 100%. Uh, uh, Okay, we're going to finish up with some quick fire questions now. So number one, what is one thing you would say to your younger self? Or what is the one thing you would say to your younger self? Relax. (laughs) I love Love that. So simple, (laughs) sweet, short. I love that. And I would 100% agree with that too. That's it. And the last one is, what do you think your purpose is on Mother Earth? Oh, wow. That is a tough one. Um. I really, really like helping people and that's probably why I really enjoy coaching and I want that to be my career whenever that kind of pops up um, as a full-time job maybe. But um, I think that's, yeah, I just get the most joy out of helping people. So I'm probably going to say that. Amazing. Well, you're already helping and inspiring so many people, not just with your athletic ability and just carving up over in all the races in New Zealand, but also the way that you work with our females and inspire all of your athletes to continue to run as well. So thank you so much for joining us on the pod. We've really loved chatting with you. If anybody is inspired and wants to sign up to Jimmy and wants Laura as their coach, definitely get in touch with us at our website is Jimmy.co or you can hit us up on Instagram, Jimmy.co. So thank you, Laura. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Nice chatting, ladies. What? <laughs>